Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Hello and welcome to a delayed edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. We're recording a day late um, for a lot of different reasons, but we're here now and that's all that matters. Joining me, stepping up to the plate, is Matt Wilkes on his drive home. I'm keeping him company. He's keeping me company. Matt, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Yeah, I'm doing good. It's been, the last couple of days has been a, just been a really weird, I guess, time for Managing Madrid staff. I was in the middle of writing my reaction which i do for every game and then i was locked out of the site somehow i don't know what it was sp nation was trying to sort it out for me couldn't sort it out Om stepped up took the reaction i finally got back into the site like late um and then for whatever reason for scheduling reasons no one could record the podcast last night and i and i couldn't um and now we're here and you stepped up and we just couldn't wait any longer. We had to get this out. I hope that at least you guys waiting, you got a chance to listen to the Churros Tacticas podcast went up this morning. Um, that might have tidied you over. But Matt, my, here's my first question to you. What was your, what was your initial reaction after the game was over? Uh, so obviously I was disappointed with the result just because it, it was, we needed a win more than anything. A, a win was crucial. But overall... I thought the team played well. It was a much better display than what we've seen against Girona and Tottenham. So that was encouraging. Um, I thought standout performers were Varane and Isco. And I actually tweeted this out uh, during the match. I think the case can be made that those two over the past eight months have been Madrid's best players. And it's funny because they were once young players looking to break into the starting 11. And now they're fundamental and we have players like that now who hopefully one day will do just the same. Um, but I think the, the ultimate frustration for me was, again, Benzema and Ronaldo just, uh, it, it's just disappointing not to see them get on the score sheet. And it seems like, and I know we'll delve into this deeper, but it just seems like the team and the, the tactics and the system, one of the two, don't fit into it and I think I think we'll delve into that deeper it's a it's a bit of everything right now I you mentioned Varane and Isco I would add a couple more standouts I think I think Casemiro was really important in this game I think I think Kroos to me the first time in a long time I thought he looked like Tony Kroos of 2016-2017 in a game where Atleti came out and pressed really high in the first 20 minutes, and that's, that's what they do uh, to start games against big opponents. So they always do it before they run out of energy, and they, they start to conserve their energy for defensive purposes. Kroos was really important. Um, Marcelo was really unnerved. He, was, he gave the ball away a couple times, once in the first half, shocking to Correa, who missed an absolute sitter. And then he also failed to track Correa back. That was the other thing. In the second half, he had a couple of shocking decisions at the back. Uh, but then also did some good things offensively, I thought. But in a time like that, I thought Kroos was exemplary as like a press-resistant press midfielder. And 
he had a few really nice vertical passes. He's become more and more and more mobile as he just progresses into his career. Um, he was dribbling through players when needed. He had his his leg amputated by who was it that hit him? Uh, I think it was Savage. Yeah, maybe it was Savage. Um, we'll get into all that stuff later. But so I would have added Kroos and um, and Casemiro. I'm. I can't believe how polarizing Isco is right now because to me, he was a standout. To you, he was a standout. I think to a lot of people, he stands out in a vacuum. There are a lot of people who think that he needs to be benched, and I just I can't see it. Like The reasoning is basically that he holds onto the ball too long. He slows down the flow of the offense, and he might look good offensively on his own individually. But how conducive he is, is he to the team? I think... I just he to me he was overburdened of trying to break Atletico's really good defense because Ronaldo and Benzema are just off right now, and there was a lot of burden on his shoulders to be the creative spark, and there was almost no channel opening. The movement off the ball wasn't great again. Um, I think there were actually a lot of positive things to take away from this game. It wasn't as doom and gloom as a lot of people saw it, but I also say that the criticism on Isco was a bit harsh. Yeah, I. I agree, and I I think more so than criticism for Isco, I think we're starting to see this team evolve, and they're trying to take on, we're looking, we're almost in kind of a makeshift new system, and I think Benzema and Ronaldo are playing as the dual strikers, but they play similar roles right now. We don't have, Ronaldo, as as we all saw with Juanfran Juanfran, uh, outrunning him, isn't the isn't the speedy young guy he once was, and he's not he's not going to make those runs in behind. But neither is Benzema. They're not they're not like an Obama gang. They're not a Cunaguero. That's not their type of game. So they're both going to be kind of hold up strikers. Um, and yet, I think we're kind of at a place where Ronaldo he understands that he needs to be a number nine, but at the same time, he hasn't fully committed to it. In my opinion, he just. He still sometimes wants to be on the left, sometimes be on the right, be a winger, and then sometimes be the number nine. And I think we're kind of in a spot where we have two essentially number nines. Both are hold-up strikers, kind of combination play strikers. Obviously, Ronaldo's more of a poacher than Benzema, but neither of which are going to stretch that back line, are going to make runs in behind, are going to really test that back line with their pace. And I think at this point, with that's the one thing we're lacking up front. And that's the one thing that kind of puts defenses on edge. And I think we're at a transition point where we're trying to figure out, will Ronaldo commit to this number nine position? When will he find his form and start hitting the back of the net? And then with Benzema, the question is, does he still fit? Is he still the best partner for Ronaldo if they're both kind of similar players now? Yeah, I mean, look... I think there's a lot of teams in La Liga who have made the two-striker system work this season. Um, Valencia are one of them. Villarreal are another one. And I think in some ways the 4-4-2 has made a bit of a comeback. But not that it really ever left in that sense. But I just, for right now, for Real Madrid, it just... Benzema and Ronaldo are just two of the most inefficient players in the world now, does that mean that they you you eventually will things normalize? I it'd be shocking if they don't. But right now, there's just 
it's kind of like a, a, a situation where I'm not sure how long of a leash we can have. Like there is continuity and rhythm. And at some point there's a threshold you hit where you just kind of have to shake things up because the team needs something fresh. I imagine... Well, do ba- you, yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you find that... Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo has committed himself to that number nine position? Or do you, like me, still see him kind of trying sometimes to be that traditional winger? He doesn't... He doesn't like playing as a nine. We kind of know this, yeah. but yeah. he, to me, he's still not in a system that allows him to be the nine. I I don't know if you can. I don't I don't know how many times we brought up this example, but you could put him as a nine last year in the Calderon because Benzema wasn't there. And if you have Benzema on the pitch, I understand Benzema's not a pure nine, and he's he does a lot more. We know that. I just don't know. If if you're gonna push Ronaldo up and your Benzema's your other guy up there, why not bring on some play someone like Asensio or Sabayos who can actually help create more in this in yeah. their form right now? I just feel like we're a solution to this kind of I guess lack of creativity in the final third. Which to, like again, I think it's been better in the last two games. And Atletico are still, no matter how bad they are, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um. Why not just shake things up a bit? And, you know, I think Benzema should have been sacrificed sooner. I think if you're going to put Ronaldo as a nine, I don't know if Benzema's the guy you want hovering around him. In theory, it works. Traditionally, it worked. I don't know if this is Real Madrid of 2012 anymore or even of two seasons ago or even last season. I don't... This is... Players have kind of changed and, and kind of regressed a bit. I think... I, I feel like this is a very different, like, kind of out-of-form thing than, last than like, if this happened a year ago, I wouldn't have been as worried. This is the first time I really feel like Ronaldo and Benzema are, have kind of lost a step. And Ronaldo always peaks in April, and he's been okay in the Champions League. I feel like this is the longest rut he's had. Um, I'm sure he'll come back. I don't know if it's, if it's to the level we're going to expect of him. I do think that if you're going to play Ronaldo as a nine, it be it would make more sense to pack with an extra midfielder, someone in the Asensio or Ceballos mold. Yeah, and that's that's where I I agree with you there because I and I've always been a supporter of Benzema. I I feel I I do I understand what he brings to the table, and I I've always admired what he brings to the table, and I know that he's not a traditional number nine. But at at the point where we're at in the season and with the form he's been showing, and it, like you said, with Ronaldo, we know it's going to come back. We know it, this once he gets a goal or two, it's going to start flowing. I, I'm confident of that. But with Benzema, he's yes, he's not the out-and-out goal scorer, but his goal-scoring statistics have come down significantly over the past couple of years, and especially last season, we were having these same arguments and people obviously, as we all know, were calling for Morata, calling for Morata. But with Benzema, if the goals don't start to come, I mean, this team's kind of evolving and I feel it's evolving towards an Isco, an Asensio, those type of players moving the attack towards them rather than a Benzema. And it's... I, I'm struggling to, to come to terms with him staying in the lineup. I know I 
I know Zidane believes in continuity. I know he believes that you play yourself into form. But like you said, how long is this leash? Yeah, I mean, look, it, I think the, the also the other thing to consider is is isn't that Benzema isn't the only one in the squad. And we always talk about, like, we have no nines in the team. What are we going to do? Football has evolved to a state where numbers don't matter anymore. So you have dynamism in young and youth in Ceballos and Asensio. And it's not like if you bring them on and you put Ronaldo up as a nine. One, players are interchangeable. Two, Ronaldo, if you played as a like quote-unquote number nine, he wouldn't be like a central striker who just jumps up and down the penalty spot and just heads in goals. He, he'll have that freedom to roam if he wants to because you're not really playing a stagnant scheme. So I think it, will, it would work. I also think that's part of the reason why the lack of a nine, while it does suck you know, like down the depth chart, we still haven't really seen Zidane experiment too much with Ronaldo up there instead of Benzema and or a false nine, which has worked with Lopetegui, you know, like in Spain with Isco and Asensio. Like we have options. It's not like we're completely I mean, stuck. But Asensio it, proved that in the Italy match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I asked this um, to Jeremy of Into the Calder on the podcast this morning on the Chulos Tacticus podcast from an Atletico perspective. To see if he thought Real Madrid how they how they played was it like accurate that you know the press and the fans were just completely furious that this game wasn't won. Do you think Real Madrid looked better than you know what it was made out to be, or do you share those um, I, same concerns? I, after everything we've said so far, I still feel that Real Madrid played well. I thought we were extremely unlucky not to come away with the win. Um, I think, yes, there were some mishaps. Obviously, Marcelo's pass, which then led to Varane toe-poking it. Um, and we had some moments where, yeah, Atletico almost scored. But I think, obviously, there were some referee calls that didn't go our way. Um, some opportunities late in the game for Ronaldo that, I mean, you you know, six months, or, six months ago, he would have buried them. And it's just... This seems to be a reoccurring theme for us. It's just that that clinicalness, that little bit of luck that we had last year just isn't there this year. And overall, I thought we played really well. I thought we, especially in the second half, I thought at least in the beginning of the second half, we took on, we really dominated possession, were kept Atletico in and really put them under pressure, battering Oblak with shots. And it just, unfortunately, we couldn't get that one goal. Um. You mentioned the luck from last season, and it, it was there. Real Madrid deserved both the trophies they got, but the sustainability of, of having late goals bail you out in bad performances, uh, obviously, just it just couldn't continue forever. I, I agree with you. I don't think the performances is bad. You know, Om put out a tweet saying that I, he doesn't really understand why fans were so upset at this draw because you look at this you know game on the schedule and it's one of the tougher away games out there i don't care if atletico are, are in bad form defensively they're they're still one of the better teams in the world offensively they struggled the good i took out from this game um and not to be a complete optimist and delusional but uh casemiro was good Kroos was good um i thought carvajal even though he was really shaky and kind of rusty offensively defensively he was near perfect um, 
both him and Modric did a lot to help that right flank on defense. And Tadigo really couldn't do much on the counters. No, the fact that they nullified Correa, apart from that early chance, was really good. Um, Kroos again, very good. Some of the aesthetics and the eye tests just coming out of the back line were really nice. Um, particularly in the first half. And even though, again, that couple giveaways early on, overall, they got out of the press well. It all came down to just Ronaldo and Benzema just putting up duds. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the referee. And, yeah. And, le- and I think in response to Ohm's tweet and what you had said earlier, I think fans' frustration, I think everyone would have understand and almost expected a draw. I think the the angst and, and the anxiousness comes from the fact that now we're 10 points behind. I think everyone, the yeah. fact that we've kind of dug ourselves into this hole is what has led fans kind of to overreact to the result. Um, it's just, it's we're digging ourselves even deeper into this hole. All I can say is, and Zidane said it after the match, when he came in in January, we were 10 points behind, and last day of the season, we were fighting for that title. And at one point, the title was in our hands for, I know it was just a few minutes, but it was in our hands. So it's not out of the question, um, but we certainly, there's certainly not much room for mistakes now. You have to get six points from Classico. You have to have Valencia see out the game against Barca, like not just dominate them and then lose in the 95th minute. They have to hold on. They have to have a good referee in that game. Yeah. Um, so if the points are dropped there, then you're looking at, let's say, like oh, about like two, three points. These are a lot of dominoes that need to fall, but it's not completely impossible. Like, I still think, obviously, we're not a favorite anymore. I don't think it's out of, out of the question yet. Because Barcelona have yet to... Uh, they look vulnerable to me still. I they haven't really faced a huge test. They faced Atletico. They dropped points. They they were dominated by Atletico, you know, way more than we were, and I don't think we were dominated at all. Um, they have Valencia coming up. Then Valencia will be the best team they faced this season. They they faced Juve earlier, but Juve is just not having hasn't been Juve yet. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I I personally think Valencia is going to be a good test for them, and I think it's going to be kind of the decider which helps us rebuild belief helps us get back into the title race if Valencia can win that one I think Madrid the club the fans everyone will kind of start slowly building that belief again and hopefully we can take that momentum obviously hope got to get a win on that weekend and then go from there no Mastrano or Pique for Barca um which means I don't know. I've heard rumors of Ramilan stepping. In, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Valencia will be completely rested. No midweek games. We'll see. I I just I refuse to get my hopes up, but we'll see. Um, let's yeah. jump into questions. And just a heads up: we're not really. We're just basically at a point where we we're putting a policy and where we're not talking about transfers anymore. No window transfer window. No options. No sell this. No buy this. It's just every week we can we can only repeat ourselves so many times about who we think transfer targets are, who are realistic ones. Once things get like serious and like we see like reports of players signing, you know, ink ink to paper, then we'll talk about it. I we just can't take any more transfer questions at this point. 
Um, Thomas Berg, one of our patrons. By the way, if you want to get a guaranteed response to your questions or you want other rewards, you want me to write an article about your choice, you want to join us in the podcast, you want to sponsor us, whatever, um, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. Check it out. Support us. If you don't have it in the budget to support us, that's cool. Um, just give us a rating on iTunes. That's free to do, and that would mean the world to us. Thomas Berg says, uh, let's move on from the derby. It's the best game in a while uh, from everyone minus Benzema. Um, the attitude uh, and the fact that we didn't have a diamond was the main reason for that. I feel like Zidane screwed the subs a bit. Um, he should have tried to unlock them with earlier subs. Question is, do you think we should go with the diamond, 4-3-3 or something else? I'd like to see a 4-3-2-1 with Ceballos and Isco roaming free behind a 9, Ronaldo. Standard back in midfield. What about that? I mean, this is... We kind of like foreshadowed this question almost. But yeah. Anything to um, add? Yeah, well, going going to his point about um, substitutions, I, I myself watching the game was... I was feeling it. I, I felt we needed a substitution much earlier than Zidane... Um, first yeah. put Asensio out, I believe it was the 75th minute. I, I, I thought around the 60th minute mark we could already use a substitution. Um, but And it, it's frustrating to see Ceballos after coming off a hat-trick uh, midweek for the under-21s. He still doesn't even, you don't even see him warming up. It's, it's frustrating. And, I mean, I know you're a huge proponent of his, and I am as well. I've been a huge fan of his even since the under-19 days. Um, and I, I'd love to see him get more of an opportunity. I'd love to see what he could do in a match like this. I think throw him and Asensio on together, and you really bring a spark to that midfield, and you bring a spark to that game. And, I mean, it shows that you're going for it. I, I just – I don't under – like, I, I've been – I'm a huge fan of Zidane. I love Zidane. I just don't understand his reservations on holding Ceballos back. It's not even that he made late subs. He actually didn't even use all three of his subs. Yeah, I... I, I <laughs> like, we, it, essentially, he made it. one sub because the Nacho for Ramos was, like, of necessity. Um, which I would have I would have trusted Vallejo in a game like this, but again, it's not like Vallejo was in the sub, uh, squad. Anyway, I have no problem with that sub. Um, I love Nacho, and it was a sub that needed to be made. But the fact that you waited 76 minutes for Karim, who was clearly just out of his depth for this game, and waited, I guess, until like 14 minutes left in the game, and then you didn't even use the final sub. Um, that's fine if you. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad we didn't shoehorn Lucas Vasquez. It wasn't a game for Teo, Mayoral probably neither. So that remains Ceballos, and again, he's no Joe Schmo. He's he's literally like already at an elite level. Um, you're talking about fit and and your opponent. This was a game that sub- would have cried out for Ceballos. It was a locked defense and a game where Isco needed help. It's like a no-brainer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you could you could have made some subs. You could have you could have brought uh, Asensio for Benzema was a good sub even if it was late. Ceballos probably. Did you really need Casemiro in a game like this? Atletico's counters weren't really that threatening. Um, you could have shifted to a packed midfield with Modric, Kroos, Isco, Ceballos, and Asensio with Ronaldo up top trying to latch onto the runs. I think it would have worked way better. I I I 100% agree, and I, I I'm trying I'm trying to rationalize 
what Zidane is doing with Ceballos. And I, I keep going back to Asensio last year, and he was kind of in a similar boat. And then after yes. that Copa del Rey uh, match against Sevilla where he scored that goal a la Gareth Bale, I, that's when his opportunities really started to come. And I just... Maybe that's what Zidane's thinking. Maybe he's thinking I'll lead him in just like I did Asensio. But, I mean, the team, the team's crying out for him. The team's crying out for someone who can, like you said, unlock that defense, someone who can add that little bit of spark, someone who's hungry, someone who has a chip on their shoulder. So, Ceballos is that guy, and it's just it's frustrating to see him not even warming up. It was like... With as with Asensio last year, like I brought up that point a lot too. That you know we didn't see really see Asensio until like later in the season. But the difference is that Real Madrid's depth was way way deeper when Asensio was here. So like no one really expected him to like come off the bench over James, for example. Uh, and then you had Isco, and he had to hurdle over uh, a healthy Bale. Uh, not completely healthy, but a healthy Bale, especially like towards you know the beginning of the season. Uh, Benz, an informed Benzema still, like he was still Benzema was still at a very good level. This season, Lucas sub- Vasquez. yeah, oh yeah, Lucas Vasquez, you know, playing very well. Um, this year, Savios is not really in that situation where he has to leapfrog a bunch of players. Like it was the point where Zidane just chose not to use the sub at all, and you know, Asensio was a relatively proven player at Espanol. He had a great season there on the flank. And Ceballos is even way more proven than Asensio was that year. Because Ceballos literally just was the focal point of Betis. He was a huge focal point with the under-21s. So he's way more proven than uh, Asensio was even. So I, you know, it's kind of... I keep on trying to compare him to Asensio and like, oh, Asensio went through the same thing. I, I wonder if there's just something else that Zidane just is not ready yet. I don't know what it is, but... And... It's because it's counterintuitive to Zidane's approach as well because he he's kind of his philosophy is always based around trusting your whole squad and believing in every player, having faith in every player, and he he's not showing that this season. I mean, the lack the lack of subs it, it shows that he doesn't trust the squad available to him, and I mean it when I I know I'm just repeating myself, but it, it's. It's tough to see because we all know how talented Ceballos is. Um, the next question is from Wagnerian Malarite uh, from Patreon. I don't know if, <laughs> how much of an answer we have to this other than the fact that we're going to just read this question. He says, there are so many questions I have, but I'll just ask this. Is there any strategy for scoring than effing laying it up from the side, expecting an effing header goal? God almighty, there are no effing other ideas. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like... This is one of those games like the crossing didn't like drive me that nuts. I I understand it's still frustrating for everyone because it's very predictable because Atleti, even though they've been so vulnerable like defending crosses all season, it was easy for them to pick everything off from the flanks, I thought. Again, this just goes back to our Ceballos discussion. Yeah, and I I mean, in my mind, what I keep replaying in my mind from this game is that 81st minute chance Ronaldo had the ball breaks out to him inside the 18, and he takes a little bit of a heavy first touch, and Lucas is able to 
spread his body, slide across, and block the shot. But yeah. oh, I, I would have bet my house on Ronaldo putting that away. And I think it's those opportunities that we normally bury um, that just aren't going in for us. And yes, crosses can be frustrating. And like you said, I didn't think it was that much of an issue in this game. It was more opportunities like that that we didn't take. And that's I think that was a bigger issue. Lucas was amazing, by the way. Yeah, he was. Um, one of I mentioned this on Churosi Tacticus podcast. Someone had tweeted me asking if we had signed the wrong the wrong Hernandez brother. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like it's chances like that that I thought you know we had some actually decent mo- moments like through the middle with Kroos too. Um, but it could have been better. Like I I there were definitely games more so than this one that the crossing drove me even more nuts. Um, than this particular game, I wasn't. I'm not sure what the crossing stats were. I'm gonna look it up in a second because I'm curious. I know our, our season average was 27, which is somehow the the most in Europe. By the way, 27 crosses per game. Wow. No one, no team in Europe crosses it more than Real Madrid, which is just a crazy number. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> um. Okay, let's let's get to the next question. I'm gonna try to dig up the crossing stats from this game. Um, before the podcast is over. Sayanta Nandi says, was Barca's predicted demise looking a bit premature now? What were Zizou and the transfer department thinking during the summer, letting two prominent goal scorers leave, replace them with Mayoral, and even with the precious season, Benzema was not performing and Bale was injury prone. Do they think Ronaldo will rescue them all the time? Atrocious, really. I Look, I think we've talked about this extensively. Um, why Morata left? Um, why Mariano left? Whether it be wrong or right that Real Madrid couldn't keep them or didn't keep them, we've talked about so much. I just I think our listeners will get bored saying this, you know, hearing us say the same thing a bit, you know, over and over again. Are you surprised though about about Barca, like given that their um, state before the season? Yes and no. The only reason I say no is because any team that has Messi, you have a chance, and the form he's shown, he's been absolutely vital to them and he and Ter Stegen are the reason they are where they are um, it's funny because their official account even tweeted that the other day um, a picture saying showing Messi and Ter Stegen saying this is why we're where we are and I mean it's true and we us from a Madrid perspective can only hope that they get found out sooner or later and that um, those holes start to reappear but I think Madrid from the close perspective in the transfers this season, like you guys said, everyone thought Mbappe was coming, and that's kind of what dictated the transfers, and that's why Mariano left, and that's why Morata left. And, you know, it, if we had signed him, everyone would have said this was the perfect summer, and it just it's that signing alone. But I don't want to belabor the point any further. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I, I honestly could talk for another hour about this issue. I just, I'm, I'm tired of it, that's all. Yeah. Um, by the way, Real Madrid had 18 crosses, so about nine less, nine so less than improving. this season average. <laughs> um, Anton Hackberg says, how do you handle all this rage that comes from getting beaten up and robbed by a gang of vicious thugs and a so-called keeper of justice? I don't know who the keeper of justice is. I, th- I guess it's the referee. I don't know. And uh, I'm, I'm going to just go on a limb and say the the vicious thugs are Atletico. I I thought it was a bit crazy how over-the-top aggressive they were at times. Like, I understand it's in their DNA, but 
I mentioned this on this morning's podcast. The fact that Correa just completely drove a, a ball into Benzema's head is actually dangerous, like on yeah. a human level. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, an era where people are questioning the NFL, whether it's a safe sport to play because of all the hitting. Um, we have we have now also questioning whether heading, even like heading the ball, causes long-term brain damage. And you have someone driving a ball at someone's skull. And after the game, Correa said that he was trying to clear it. In what world are you clearing a ball like low driven to your, towards your own net? It's it's outrageous. I mean, and to even further back then, the referee, uh, he he allowed this. He allowed the game to be aggressive. Mm. He allowed for Atletico to kind of use their tactics. And I actually saw a report from Marca saying um, that Real Madrid, they they're trying to get the referee system to be a lottery system for each game instead of referees being handpicked. And they also want the referees to their match, like they're graded after every match. Um, and they, they want that to be revealed. Um, the ref, like the, I, I forget the, the fed, the referee federation. I don't know what the name is. Mm. They grade each referee after each match and they keep that private, but Real Madrid wants that to be, wants them that, that to now be public and would rather every referee handpicked to be drawn out of a lottery because they're they're sick and tired of some of these. Obviously, there were some big calls that were not made in that game. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, there were. There was that was one of them. Like, give. Did he get a card for that? I don't. I can't remember. He if did. He, he did. I mean, I was surprised there wasn't even more of a brawl. Like, I thought. I yeah, thought I thought it, I thought it was shocking for Correa's neck. I mean, honestly. Um. He he didn't get booked. No, I'm checking it now. He didn't get a card for it. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought he did. Because I, I remember that's what made me so outraged. Like, it was like, are you kidding me? How do you that's not recognize? Yeah. Then you had, uh, who was it that broke Ramos's nose? Was it Lucas? Yeah, it was Lucas. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, there was no foul there because it would have been a penalty. Then you yeah. had Kroos getting his ankles yeah. stepped on. And then Studs. multiple handballs. Yeah. And then, like, by the way, it's not, I don't think it's a conspiracy against Real Madrid because... I, I don't either. I just, it's, I mean, we've seen this for how many years? I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just, it's just, it's it just is frustrating. Incompetence. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Santi Mina said after the Valencia game, someone was ta- asking him about the Barca game, and he said that we believe we can beat Barca, but... Uh, and we don't, we're not scared of them, but we're scared of the referee decisions. <laughs> huh. I mean, that's that's such a valid statement. It's I'm brutal honesty. But actually. um, next question is from where are we at? Uh, Sheikh Atiri. He says, "What did, what did, what took Zidane so long to make a tactical change when something clearly wasn't working?" Do you think it's time to bench Ronaldo and replace him with Asensio at least for a few games? And don't get me started on Benzema. We we talked about this already. Um, the question about benching Ronaldo, I, I honestly don't think it's an option. I, I think you, I think you yeah. can bench him, like for example, given in in the name of rest, but in in the name of like you're you're playing bad, you shouldn't play this important game. There's, I don't think that's a solution. And I mean, how many times have you seen? Not just Ronaldo, but any big player. They're playing terrible, whole game, and then 
89th minute comes around and they put the they put the ball away and get your team to win. I mean, yeah. you there's certain there's certain superstars like that, certain players like that that you just you don't take them out for that sole reason. They can all they need is one moment. I also think I also think Ronaldo hasn't been as as bad as we make it up to be. I think the eye test with him is much better than the stats. He's been score he's been scoring in the Champions League and then La Liga He's had a lot of games where he hasn't scored, but has done everything else. that has been really good. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not worried about Ronaldo. I am worried about Benzema yeah. and his form. Yeah, I agree. Um, Doug Chisholm says, as I've said before, Carvajal is the glue that holds this team together. Loved the effort, hated the result. My question is, did you like our opportunities more when Ronnie and, and Marco were up top, or when Benzema was wandering around the pitch? I'm going to direct this one at you because. During that whole time where Asensio came on, for most of it, I was just trying to figure out how I'm going to write the reaction. Was there... Yeah. I know that so, Atletico actually had a few waves or a few spells in the second half of attacks, but was there a difference after the yeah, sub? He didn't, he didn't have much time to make a major impact, but mm-hmm. I I mean, that one opportunity um, that I, I mentioned before where Ronaldo got it inside the box, kind of out on the right flank right before Lucas blocked it, um, Asensio and Isco set that up and mm. he just adds that I mean like like I mentioned earlier he adds that bit of pace we're lacking up there and he can stretch a defense he has that bit of dynamism that Ronaldo and Benzema don't have and that I mean especially late in the game we, sh- we should definitely be utilizing that have him stretch the back line make runs in behind drive at the defense with that speed I mean that's uh, that's one of Mar- Asensio's most underrated qualities. It's his change of speed. Uh, Essa Hariri has like a few questions, which I'll, I'll just kind of skim through and and we'll we'll kind of try to get them in the rapid fire. So, great electrifying match. Can you please discuss the following points? What kind of alcohol are we to the referee smoke? Uh, there were two minutes of extra time in the second half and no red card or penalties. Unbelievable. Uh, two, Benzema can't score goal, link up, play, or run. <laughs> Simply, Benzema can't play football. Three, Ronaldo losing his sense of positioning, and so is goal scoring for the great form of our team, except Benz and Ronaldo. Um, has been good. And Carvajal is back as if nothing happened. Casemiro back to beast mode. Kroos running like crazy, unexpectedly. Isco trying his best. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of this we've kind of already touched on, and I don't I don't think Essa is like completely off base on anything he says, really. The Benzema can't play football part is really harsh, but <laughs> I mean, I I gotta say I was also really surprised by only two minutes of extra time. I thought there would be at least three or four. That was in the um, first half, right? Or was that no second second, second half? Yeah. Um, mm. And then we didn't we didn't talk much about Carvajal. I also the whole game I was thinking to myself, oh, what a relief it is to have Carvajal back. I, like you said, he was a little rough um, on the offensive side, but defensively he was uh he was magnificent and i i still some of his crosses were <laughs> compared to no, i mean no offense to ashraf and i believe that he will become a phenomenal player but i mean the it's night and day difference in terms of their crossing yeah i mean a healthy carvajal is a massive boost there's no question yeah. um there's two more questions one is from justin Ap- Agpaoa, and he says, Hey guys, I was wondering which potential targets would be the best fit for Real Madrid system. Thanks guys, keep up the amazing work. Hala Madrid. Justin, um, just so I kind of basically made this disclaimer at the beginning of the, the podcast, but 
if you're interested in hearing our takes about transfers and potential targets and and whatnot, um, you can go back and listen to a, the last like two, three episodes we've we've dealt with this. Especially our patron on our bonus podcast. I think we talked about this extensively. Um, one more question, Matt. All right. This this is the last question, and it's from and uh, it's from Patreon. It's from someone named Fifty Shades of Hummus. I don't know if it's possible to have Fifty Shades of Hummus. You have you could you could do variations of it. You could actually use like lentils instead of chickpeas. Uh, I need Fifty Shades. There's a lot of shades. Uh, he says, "What is your go-to snack or beverage when watching our beloved Real Madrid?" Oh man. Um, I mean, I'm not a big snacking guy, so. Hmm. Maybe I'll have. I don't. I don't know if you have this. Uh, I don't know if you have these bars over in Canada, but have you ever heard of Quest bars? Quest bars were my go-to. Yeah. Cookies and cream Quest bar. Yeah. The I, problem I like with it, like you, you trick yourself into it. Like, oh, this is a protein bar. It's healthy. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, you've because they're so. If you they're take so a good. bite of one, you have to have like five bars after that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm a big Quest bar fan, so that's my go-to snack. Um. You're so. I mean, sounds like you're 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 a soccer player too. So you're probably not yeah. really snacking on much. Yeah. Um, I honestly like. I'm I'm a snack guy for sure. Um, instinctively, because I think just because I'm a human being, if there's snacks in front of me, it takes willpower, man. But I've never been a snacker during games. Yeah. I don't, especially if Real Madrid are playing. Like it, yeah, I don't you know, know if what? it was it was a nerve thing. Like I can't eat when I'm nervous. I think that's what it is, and then my stomach is in nuts, and it's just not a—it's a waste of food. You know what? Now that I think about it, you're, I'm exactly the same. The only time I eat is like during halftime, when I like when there's a break or something. Yeah, I, I don't eat during the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Um, this is awesome. This Fifty Shades of Hummus guy is potential. He has a good—he has a <laughs> amusing name, and he's going to ask us food questions. I, I like this guy. Um, I think that that pretty much brings us to to a close. Do you have any concluding thoughts? Any thoughts about Applewell, the upcoming schedule, or this game? Um. So, I think from I think Applewell obviously uh, we we can't take them for granted. We saw that Dortmund tied um, in Cyprus, so mm. it's not a game to take take lightly. But I'd also I hope to see guys like Asensio and Ceballos get the start. Um, and then moving forward, we just got to pick up as many points as possible in La Liga. Um, I'm going to try and write a couple features on um, what I see kind of what I mentioned before, the the, the changes system we're seeing um, and how we're seeing both Ronaldo and Benz kind of play similar roles. And I personally feel we need someone with that bit of dynam- dynamism that can run in behind, stretch defenses, um, and just add that extra feature to our attack so that's something you might see coming from me in a couple of days or so on managing madrid and what's your twitter handle uh at matt Wiltsey 4 which is and you're on public mode now because you were on private yeah. for a while yeah, yeah you yeah. can't you I've can't be a journalist on, on on private mode bro i know <laughs> well you know why you know why i had that actually because i i played uh i played soccer at villanova university and they don't allow you to you like all athletes have to have their accounts private so Ooh. i had it private since then but i mean i graduated a while ago so what was the reasoning I, behind it? they just were scared you would tweet something stupid yeah or? they i mean you know some guys tweet like 
things that are awful and then they get in trouble it's and, just college yeah. college college yeah. kids yeah yeah crazy college kids okay <laughs> um thanks for joining me matt appreciate you doing this on short notice and on your drive home i hope you're you drive safe and uh, we'll catch up soon all right man. yeah take care once upon a morning, there was a freshly brewed McCafe coffee. It was made with 100% Arabica beans, yet something was missing. Fear not, in the distance, a sausage McMuffin with egg rides toward the sunrise in quest for breakfast. The perfect pair met at McDonald's, and mornings were happy forever after. Right now, get $1 any size coffee and a $2 sausage McMuffin with egg off the $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.